Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Daily Thread. We are so happy to be doing this. First off, want to give a big shout out and a big thank you to our friends at Sensible Marketing, Shimmy, Jeremy, Ron, the best people in the nursing home marketing field. Let me see the shirt. Virtual tourists let me see the shirt. Are, let me see, let me see the shirt. This, no, this uh, is the be kind uh, one. <laughs> Today I'm feeling be kind. Okay. But I'll tell you what, if you watch any Nick playoff game, yeah. you're you're guaranteed to see somebody wearing a good time sweatshirt sitting somewhere near the court. Uh, but that's not all they do. They are experts in the nursing home in the, in the nursing home market. So if you have a nursing home and you want to get your marketing in tip top shape, you want your your residents to be taken care of and you want them to know what type of nursing home they're getting into with their virtual tours, you need to reach out to our friends at Sensible Marketing. That is SensibleMarketing.com, the best in the entire industry. No one else you need in your corner besides for Shimmy J and Ron. So give them a call and reach out to them on SensibleMarketing.com. Okay, so we have a few stories today that are very, very interesting. Um, one, which is, which is notable, that the terrorists who killed Lucy, Maya, and Rina D uh, have been killed in Shem. Right. Um, 200 special forces of the IDF um, and the Shin Bet operated in the, in the old city of Shechem early Thursday morning, which is today, and eliminated the two terrorists who murdered the members of the D family in a shooting attack in the Jordan Valley in Cholmai Pesach. The two terrorists, both Hamas operatives, were killed together with a senior accomplice who was in the apartment with them. Mm-hmm. Undercover Israeli forces, some of them dressed as women, entered Shechem and were recognized by locals who opened fire on them. Meanwhile, special forces surrounded the terrorist hideout and used the pressure cooker method to flush them out of the building, firing shoulder-launched missiles and suicide drones at the building. The terrorists were killed in the, in the ensuing clashes. So, first of all, I think we recall once saying how uh, Fauda has nothing on, on what actually happens in these, uh, in these, in these actual uh, battles. So, it's really, really crazy to read what what took place so so the the, like there's video of of what took place and um the two terrorists were were eliminated i mean i saw the video this morning on israeli tv did you happen to see that it was very cool uh watching them you know dressed as arab women you know very it's very easy to get into the skies how'd they get recognized you know it says that they recognize the arabs recognize them and they that's how uh that's how it sort of the clash ensued, and that's why there was a gun, gun battle. I don't know. Uh, I'm how they I mean, them. I don't know what happened exactly, uh, but you were talking uh, a moment ago about how the TV show, for example, Fowler has nothing on the real time situation like that. It's very intense, obviously. You know, neither of us were in the military, uh, yeah. neither of us were in special forces, uh, but uh, the training is must be very, very intense, and you really need to be top of your game to be on a squad. Uh, or, or, or a commando group uh, like that and pull up this kind of operation in the heart of a heavily populated uh, Arab town. Um, right. But uh, listen, they, they, they do uh, very, very deep undercover work. They're very careful about not just uh, just picking random people and uh, you know having them pay for a crime, but actually finding the guilty parties and um and uh, doing what needs to be done which is something we discussed yesterday briefly about uh eliminating them from the world it's not called killing them anymore it's not now it's called neutralizing them that means they're neutralized it means they can't do any more damage in the future and if the, if yeah. the only way you can get them out to do any more damage in the future is to 
end their lives, that's what uh, need, needs to be done. So you got to do. But you know what? The, the flip side of that, by the way, Nachi, is that unfortunately you have Arabs sometimes that hitchhike with they put on they put yarmulkes on, you know. Right. In some cases, over the years, they put you know tits on and make themselves look uh, like from Jews, and hitchhiker pulls them uh, a car, a driver pulls them over. And so it's like a taste of their own medicine type. Of situation. You know, it could, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bad. It could be a potentially bad situation, and everybody has to be very, uh, very aware. Another notable story. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is via the JC.com. The Jewish family stitching for the king. The Kashkets are making thousands of uniforms for the coronation at their Tottenham factory. A family of Jewish tailors will see their work feature. Heavily in King Charles' coronation procession and on the king himself. The firm Koshket and Partners is the main supplier of ceremonial outfits for Britain's armed forces. There's also a special history with the royal family. Chief Executive Russell Koshket created the uniform worn by Prince William at his, William at his wedding. Now the new BBC documentary Coronation Tailors, Fit for a King, will take the cameras into the Tottenham factory where items for the king, secret until the day itself, as well as 6,000 other, 6, other uniforms are being made for the coronation by the firm's small army of tailors. So uh, Kashkut is a Yiddish word for cap, and the family's history and clothing goes back more than a century to the patriarch Alfred Kashkut, um, who is a, a milliner to Tsar Nicholas who fled Russia when the Bolsheviks took power. Very interesting to note that, uh, you know, the Jews are having a hand on what King Charles is going to be wearing on Shabbos during his coronation. How about that? Well, Listen, um, the, Jewish, the Jewish communities in these countries, especially a major uh, country like uh, England, uh, they're very influential. Uh, although I, we mentioned the other day about the tiny population that the Jewish community is in the, in the larger realm of things with the almost 8 billion people in the world. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's, part, it's part of the bracha, I believe, of Kal Yisrael, that Mikah uh, Yisrael, I think that that has many, many... Um, aspects and dimensions uh, to it. Uh, very industrious, uh, very business oriented, and not just to the point, not just because they're making money, but they're having an impact on the societies we live in. The Jewish community has right. an impact on the societies we live in, and, uh, and that's very notable. And, you know, after there were, there were Jews that, after they escaped uh, World War II and they survived the concentration camps and Nazism, they went to countries like some went to Cuba, some went to Curacao, and they were using that as just temporary residences before they came to either America or Canada. And very often, the leaders of those countries said to the Jewish community, can't you stay? Can't you stay here? We need you. We need you here in Cuba. We need you in Curacao. And some stayed, and they established major industries for them. So um, you're seeing that just uh, replayed today in this, in this instance with the coronation of uh, King Charles. This is the first uh, time in yeah. 70 years that the queen was queen for 70 years, I think, uh, 70 years plus. So this is the first time that they're having uh, a coronation in, wow, since, uh, what, 19, uh, 1953, I guess it was. Wow. Wild. It's a long, Wild. It's a long time. You should have Rikus Yom and Bishonim, the king, King Charles. Listen, the queen came into power at a very young age. Charles is coming into power at not such a young age. Right. He's in his upper 70s, right? Yeah, he's somewhere in his 70s. And um, the big question is who's going to be the next? Who's going to inherit the throne? He has two sons, Harry and William. Heir to the, well, it's not a question. William is the heir to the throne. He's the, he's the older son. Is that how it works? Yes. And second of all, 
uh, Harry is not part of the royal family anymore. Well, he's going to the coronation, but his having a it's a domestic situation. His wife is not going, from what I read. Okay, I don't read about the royal yeah. family. I don't want to get. You see, everybody, there's there's family politics even in the most popular, well known family in the entire world. I, that is the royal family. I don't want to get involved in a domestic dispute. You know, I can't advise them either way, and nobody's asking. But uh, at the same time, you see, she's not going. His wife, uh, Harry's yeah. wife, but uh, he's going out of respect uh, to his father, and um, we'll see what happens after that. What else he got there? Well, I don't, I don't want the the people in in the UK to hate on us too much. We're talking about the royal family. Um, you know, Prince William is the heir to the throne. I think he's been, he's behaved himself for the most part. Harry has not behaved himself. He's been no. He's Harry. Harry has been, you know, bad news for a while. You know, ever since attending a party wearing a swastika on his arm, you know, many years ago where he was pictured. And um, I don't think and his... I don't think either of us are experts on the royal family. There's some people that really study this stuff and really. I know, but I think it's short from the to meet like from from our perspective, you know, uh, the mother in law, the queen did not like her granddaughter in law, which was Harry's Harry's wife. They don't, she wasn't uh, she wasn't part she wasn't fit for the royal family she caused issues but anyways that's enough royal family talk for now that's right let's let's, um, let's, 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 let the british experts uh, chime in and set us straight on how important it is to respect and understand uh, the uh, inner workings of the royal family yeah did you hear about this new uh shot meet meet the shotgun show meet the matchmaker on Netflix? um so it happens to be i have the story here it's on the via the times of israel the show uh, which was set to premiere May eighth, and today is May fourth. Yeah, I, I think it, I don't know. I I think it, actually no. It, it's it was uh, it's Netflix on Thursday unveiled a first look at its upcoming new reality series mm-hmm. Jewish Matchmaking, which is slated to premiere on May third. The show, which will compromise eight episodes, features a series of Jewish singles seeking love through somewhat old fashioned method of a matchmaker. The matchmaker, known in Hebrew as a shachin, is Aliza Ben Shalom, an author, relationship da- relationship and dating coach. Uh, and Times of Israel blogger who lives with her husband and five children, five children in the northern Israeli town of Pardes Hana. Uh, Netflix commissioned the series as a spinoff of its popular show, Indian Matchmaking, which premiered in 2020 and aired a second, second season last year. Uh, similar to that show, Jewish Matchmaking features a var- variety of Jewish singles across both the U.S. and Israel who are looking to get married and who have come to Ben Shalom for help. Um, so it's really, really interesting. I heard that this show is not for a firm audience. Like they're trying to show the secular, the secular world, how Jews do matchmaking. I don't think, I don't think it's an orthodox type of matchmaking, you know, type situation. Um, I wouldn't like, don't be shocked if you, if you, I happen to have not watched it, but don't be shocked if you turn it on and, and the people, the singles coming to meet the matchmaker are not orthodox Jews. They're most likely just... Jewish, well, maybe reformed conservative. Let me say this about that. Having heard what I heard about it, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disposed to spend any time watching that. I think a lot of the stuff uh, that uh, is, is really it's really filled with a lot of nonsense and inaccuracies. Very often, not just on the subject matter of uh, matchmaking or shidduchim. We could probably spend an entire week just talking about uh, shidduch stories. Uh, and you're right; it's not reflective of the. Um, the type of shidduchim that I think your core uh, listenership and viewership uh, is involved in or looking for. And I just saw the ad for it on uh, online, 
and it doesn't look like the type of thing that uh, the community that we're focused on, that's our target market, is going to uh, to get involved in. But apparently, as you can see in the, uh, I'm not going to say the non-from, but not in the strictly observant community, apparently there is a role for matchmakers too. Yeah, I mean, what's the what's the marriage rate oh. in general? What do you mean? I mean, uh, do people generally get married or not? I, I, I really don't know. Yeah, I think I think you're going to find if you watch this program or if you read about it, you're talking about people later in life. You're probably talking about you're not talking about in in the in the front community in our community, Nachi. When a girl reaches, I have a friend whose daughter turned 22, and he called me up that night. This was a few years ago. She's married. She has a few kids. He called me up the night of her birthday and said, "Now my daughter is officially an older single." You know, so but she was 22 years, but, but she was 22 years old. I think you're going to find people that go to these matchmakers. They're, they're women probably between 28 and 35, 38, and the men are in their 30s yeah, and well, 40s. A stat, a stat that I see here is that 45% is the amount of U.S. citizens that are married. Does that make sense to you? Um, I don't know. Um, you mean United States, generally speaking? Yeah. Um, I think it could make sense. I think that could make sense. That's not a statistic in the Jewish community. Whether you're whether you're Orthodox, conservative, reform, or not affiliated, I think there's still uh, an emphasis on tradition in Jewish life. You know, right. not everybody has lost it uh, completely and has abandoned everything. I think there's still a focus on the conventional structure of a family, which I think, you know, is, is the, the way the world was created and the way the world has been functioning for 5,000 plus years. And I think people have, right. uh, have a, a magnetic draw to that kind of stable, I'm calling it a stable kind of lifestyle. People will disagree because they don't, I'm seeing it my way and they can see it their way, but you know, but. Well, the question really is, is like, it's, it's very interesting that they're doing this. And Aliza Ben Shalom is a Orthodox from Shadchan who is now being featured on Netflix in this series, is this like the first type of Jewish show on Netflix that's not trying to completely drag the Jewish way of life through the mud? Is that is that what we're seeing? Well, you know, um, apparently when you have Jewish-themed shows, except for Stissel, except for you have to give credit to Stissel. That's not a Netflix, Netflix commission show. Stissel was a show From Israel. that aired in Israel. So that's different. I, Netflix just. I think. I think they generally, uh, when these, whether whether it's Netflix or other uh, other plat, other media outlets that produce their own things, I think they generally miss the mark, and they generally have a, a lack of understanding or information about how the community works, depending on what aspect of it they are trying to uh, publicize, uh, or uh, you know, or depict. Uh, so I, I think that uh, they generally miss the mark because they get information from. They get information from people that uh, don't know. And if you have advisors that don't know, you're not going to be able to present an accurate picture. So, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely going to show the trailer just to see a little bit. Like, I don't listen. I'm not a big Netflix guy and I don't watch this and I don't plan on watching this. But let's see what they're let's see what this trailer looks like for this new show. Into a relationship is I'm very handsome. I'm very intelligent. I have a ton of charisma, but by far my greatest quality is my humility. My name is Aliza Ben Shalom, and I am a matchmaker and dating coach. Hi. Welcome. You're gonna save me, right? <laughs> Finding your person is the hardest thing to do in the entire world. 
and that's where I come in. The matchmaking I strictly do with the Jewish community, where I have helped over 200 couples to get to the chuppah. Yeah, so that trailer, that a little, I just showed parts of the trailer, and like that's not that's not a that's not a show for from that, that's not no. First of all, it's not catered to the from world. It also doesn't represent the way that from people do shidduchim. It's just not. It's not it. So. My advice, skip it. Not worth it. Anyways, that's our show for today. This is The Daily Thread. Thank you so much for listening. You can go ahead and email us at thedailythread at meaningfulminute.org if you have any questions, concerns, complaints. We love those complaints. Um, and of course, reach out to our friends at Sensible Marketing. We love them. And so will you. That's sensiblemarketing.com. Everyone have a beautiful, beautiful day and weekend.